0: Just a comment on my part. um, In going through the book, I think there are three main topics that are covered. And we've talked about this before. The book is about attention. Where do you put your attention? What is capturing your attention? and, And also what is taking away your attention? Intention, that is, what is your intent? Even if you don't have specific goals what is the end result, and what is the process that you go through in getting to the end result? And then, lastly, consumption. Mm-hmm. And consumption can be consumption of social media, but can also be it can be consumption of food. I mean, yeah. you and I just had coffee and donuts, donuts, but
1: well, we did go eat something healthy before, and those donuts were a real letdown. Yeah, right? and
0: I I did, I did twenty five push-ups on the sidewalks of San Francisco. <laughs> um, had a small crowd for that, but yeah. but in the end, you know, what you put into your body what you put into your brain what into your what you put into your stomach also has an effect. Absolutely. Let's start with the concept of attention and where you put your attention. Talk to me, talk to the audience about the importance of attention and maintaining focus and also removing distractions. Okay.
1: Well, the first thing I think we we have to understand about attention is that Almost all time management issues are attention management issues uh, pretty much across the board. I've seen this after talking to hundreds of people after my own experience with this. I know for a fact that if you can manage your attention, if you can have intense focus even for one hour on one thing, your productivity goes through the roof. Uh, Of course, you have a thousand different things that are competing for your attention, but so let's talk first about dealing with how you manage your attention I think at the core of you know distraction more than anything or dealing with distractions is reducing the volume of input because Mm -hmm. everything about attention comes down to how much input can you take in and how much can you process so basically if you want to increase your attention span you just reduce the number of things that are competing for it now when we had Adam Ghazali here, we talked about the neuroscience of attention. Uh, he, I don't think, went as deep as I finally did with his book. I, I started to really tease this apart. But what I realized is that for any one of us at any given time, we have three types of input that are competing for our attention. There's visual input, there's auditory input, and there's kinesthetic input. Visual input is obvious. It's literally anything that you can see, from you know notifications on your computer to the books on your desk, to the coffee that's here, to the laptop screen, to everything. And Adam had a really interesting uh, uh, quote in his book, I don't remember the exact words, but he said, literally get rid of everything that is not relevant to whatever it is that you're trying to do. And effectively what he's telling you is to reduce the visual input down to the one thing that matters. So when you use a distraction blocker like rescue time, for example, what you're effectively doing is you're reducing visual input in the digital form. Uh, by not allowing notifications, by not allowing yourself to browse. We'll talk about sort of the habitual checking in a second because that also plays a role here. Right. But you reduce your visual input. The next piece of this is reducing auditory input. Now, most people, depending on what their situation is, might have kids screaming in the house, they might have TVs on, and the way you reduce auditory input, for me at least, and the one that I found effective and it seems pretty consistent across many of the prolific creators that I've talked to is to use noise cancellation headphones and use music to do it. Uh, if you use music, depending on the nature of your work, if you're working with your hands or if you're doing design work or if you're somebody who's a craftsperson, you can actually use music that has lyrics. The The rule for music, I think, it's not a hard and fast rule, but my, my filter is, okay, if the work that you're doing requires verbal processing, for example, reading and writing, then you should have music that doesn't use lyrics. If, on the other hand, you're doing work that doesn't require verbal processing, for example, like painting or sculpting, you can listen to music with lyrics. But the whole point of music is that it drowns out all the other sound. And if you look, talk to most people, what they'll do is they'll take one track and they'll put it on repeat, right. and it puts you into this trance, almost. So, as a result, you've effectively gotten rid of visual input and you've reduced your audio input down to a handful of things. Uh, so, for example, when it comes to visual input, I use distraction-free writing tools and I work in full screen mode. So, if you work in full screen mode, James Clear actually was the one who came up with that, uh, the full screen mode thing. I, it was either James Clear or the, one of the co-founders of Buffer where I saw that. And what I realized was that this is so brilliant because when you are working in full screen mode in any app, it literally forces you to single task. I, in fact, I've been wanting to figure out how to build a tool that forces you to single task by using full screen mode. I don't know anybody who can build it, but if somebody does, I'd like them to write me because I want to get it built for my own needs.
0: Have you checked to see if singletask.com has been taken or not?
1: I, I haven't, but <laughs> I, I should. We'll do that
0: after this interview. Yeah,
1: so I so that that's you know we're talking about visual input. The audio input is obvious. The kinesthetic input is the sort of more nebulous one because that's how you feel, right? Whether the room is too hot or whether it's too cold, whether you're thirsty, all of that. It's just how you feel. Because all of those inputs are effectively competing for your attention. Now, if you think about it, the average person, let's just look at visual input. Imagine you have five browser tabs open, you have messages coming into your inbox via email, you have Facebook Messenger open, and then you have four or five different things on your desk. If you have that much visual input, competing for your attention, of course you're going to have a difficult time managing your attention. It's not a coincidence that Cal Newport has made very, very deliberate attacks on the idea of the open office because of the fact that if you have an open office, you have a large amount of auditory and visual input that is incredibly detrimental to being able to do deep work and to be able to focus and to manage your attention.
0: You know, you've just mentioned three uh, people, Cal Newport, uh, Adam Grant, Adam Gazelle. Adam Adam, Gazelle, yeah. Who are other, let's say, leaders, spokespeople in this arena who are basically saying, hey, look, there's just too much noise in our world and we need to bring our focus back?
1: Ryan Holiday, Stephen Kotler, David Heinemar Hansen, uh, Ryan wrote a really interesting article on Medium recently about news consumption and and the fact that we create more news than we've ever created in our lives. Uh, That's because there's just so much happening every single day. It's kind of madness. But so much of it is not going to be relevant in about a year or two. Uh, It's interesting how much we think is relevant. That's not. And it made me really wonder. And then you layer on top of that, the fact that we all have social media accounts where we have Instagram and Twitter and and Facebook. And you start to wonder if you've got this much noise competing for your attention, you're never gonna hear the sound of your own thoughts.